Hey guys, welcome to episode seven of the JV Club. Just a couple of things I wanted to say up top. Um, first, I need to apologize for the sound issues in the first few minutes of this recording. I know nobody wants to start listening to a podcast and be forewarned of sound issues, but please don't turn it off. It's not that bad. Uh, I've actually been sitting on this episode uh, for that this particular reason, but at the end of the day, I'm just too in love with my guest, Carrie Kinney Silver, to keep her wonderfulness to myself any longer. So hang in there. Um, actually, side note, this was actually the very, very first episode that I ever recorded. And uh, my friend and yours, Matt and Myra, had come over to record it, and we didn't realize that Carrie's mic wasn't working until several minutes in. So if you can withstand a little bit of my voice being just a little louder, she sounds really far away for just a bit. Uh, my voice, obviously, louder equals more grating. Um even more than usual. Uh, if you can withstand that, it, I promise it does get better pretty quickly on. Uh, we just end up sharing a mic. And then all of this reminded me that I wanted to not only thank Matt Myra for recording that first episode, but also to thank Paul Gilmartin for recording a couple of them there at the beginning as well before he, frankly, got sick of me. And um, he just helped me buy all my gear so that I could do it all myself, which is what I do now. I also wanted to let you know that there's a cake-like song at the end of the podcast. Uh, That's Carrie's band, so I hope you enjoy that. And here comes the pesky plug. If you can stand to leave positive reviews on iTunes, blah, 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 insert my super mega gratitude here, uh, because I honestly do appreciate it so, so much. So thank you, um, all of you guys who've been doing that. It just is awesome. Uh, I am super humbled by the wonderful things that you've said. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And now, without further ado, I welcome you in to the seventh, yet technically first, episode of the JV Club. Now entering Nerdist.com. listening to the JV Club. Uh, my name is Janet Varney. I have a guest with me that I just couldn't be more excited to have sitting on my rug in my home. <laughs> um, didn't even offer her a chair. Unfortunately, she is uh, having to sit on the floor. Uh, it's very 70s. Uh, she put her keys in a bowl when we got here, and uh, it's a big, sexy 70s key party. Um, Carrie Kinney Silver, welcome. Thank you for having me on your floor. Thank you so much for, for, for being here. Um, you are hilarious. Thank you. Uh, you are someone I've been a fan of for a very long time. Which makes me suddenly feel like I shouldn't be able to say that because I want to be young enough that, that I couldn't have been a fan for, of anyone a, for a long I time. I am not a fan of people who come up and go, my dad used to watch you. What? All the time. My parents. And I, I feel like, why can't you just say, like, I'm a fan or, right. or something, but always ha- they have to justify it with, my parents used to watch you. Are you it. serious? Yeah. Used that wow, parents and used to. That's a real double whammy. Like if they could somehow but, fit in the sentence and you look kind of fat today, that's right. that's basically how I feel. Right. 
But what's funny about that is that I, you've performed at the comedy festival that I run, and I feel like the people who come out to see those shows are our age or younger. It's not like yeah. we're bringing out people who you're not. You weren't on Mary Tyler Moore. Let's no, be clear I wasn't, about that. But I think that I, I feel like they make me feel sometimes like they see episodes of the state or or Viva Variety or something on, like at the library. Right. Right. Uh, by the way, my dog has is really interested in Carrie and yes. was just sniffing her hair. And I want to say, marvelous job of not being distracted really by the fact that hair. he's dropping toys at your feet but right what now. What I'm concerned about is your cat has a lump on his neck. But I think yeah, she like... has a little skin tag. Yeah, okay. She has a little skin tag. She's okay. um, 15. Oh, honey, you're yeah, like Yeah, and she, she acts state? like a kitten, right? Oh. My mom used to watch you. Uh, I clearly have a very worried, very old lady uh, grandma cat in me. Oh, um, hello! I'm a big fan. I'm old. I'm I'm like this. It's like I'm singing, but I'm ancient. Uh, so, you know, I've read interviews with you. I, you guys did an amazing state reunion at SF Sketch Fest, yes. which is my festival. Thanks and, you. um, you guys talked a ton about working together, uh, as a sketch group in college. Um, I also want to kind of avoid the, oh, you were the only girl in an all male sketch troupe. What must have that been like? Because, I know yeah. I, I was with a group, you know, with three people, uh, three dudes other than me, and it never felt like oh, I'm the woman. Like it never right. felt that way. It just felt like we were sort of all unisex kind well, of. We were just I people. I agree with that. Coming from being the only woman in that group, however, there is something great. I feel like from the outside to be able to say that a woman could fit into that world. Yeah. And have it be seamless yes. was, um, I feel like, a great accomplishment. Not my accomplishment, just that it just that it worked. Yeah. And when I see other women in things, that it doesn't matter. Yeah. They try Comedy Central or uh, uh, where were we? The MTV did say, okay, now how about you know? I don't know. Is there going to be color? Is there going to be more women? And and we said th- this is just who we are. This is yeah. So we didn't sit down and say let's find one woman and ten men. Right. And it wasn't like a boy band situation where a network gets together and tries to we find wrong. this. It was a boy band. Oh, it was. We were originally a, a boy band. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, we I... were not good. And we realized uh, we were better comedy. Most boy bands are really good. Yeah, no, so we that's the surprise. We, were terrible. we, were terrible. we don't wow. sing and we can't dance. So wow. it didn't work out. I'm glad the comedy thing ended up kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you, you don't want to... I love the idea of you having to look down and see Westport, Connecticut. Yeah, sure. Small town? That's school? Me. That's me. Uh... So you're from Westport, Connecticut. I'm Rumor West has Connecticut. it. I was. Is that a, is that no? Is that just sort of a suburban community where you're going? I don't, I'm from the West Coast, so I don't know. But is it okay. sort of small town? Go to a big school at a big city, or was it just a small smaller community? It's a, a smaller city? community. This is how I have like this little speech that I give when I run into people at cocktail parties, and you go, "Where are you from?" Yeah. I Westport, Connecticut was where I spent my weekdays, my school days growing up, and that was uh, the what. The equivalent on the West Coast is Malibu, which I work where is where mm-hmm, I live now, mm-hmm, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. And it is basically a J. Crew catalog. Okay, is, what, is Westport? Lovely, That's sort of what I think of when I think of the East Coast, anyway. So parties. I don't, I've never been to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I spent my weekends in New York City with my dad, who my parents were divorced. Yeah, and uh, spent weekends and anytime I could in the city with my dad. 
spent summers with my grandparents in Pekin, Illinois. Oh, which okay. Which is the tiniest. They just got a stoplight, front page mm. of the newspaper. Yeah, I think I read about that. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, so I had had all that stuff, and I'm really grateful for it. That's, so I, yeah. But, but uh, a lot of small town, and then... Uh, a lot of a lot of New York too. And did you? And you have a, a brother and a sister. Half. I have a half. Half. Okay. Were okay. Divorced. Uh huh. <laughs> my father uh, remarried and had my sister and my brother. And I'm more like an okay. aunt. Because and so yeah, are you? Are I grew you... up an only child. My my brother just graduated NYU. Last okay. Week, okay. And my sister, right at this very moment, is yeah. having her second child. Oh as wow! A, as a younger person, she's in her twenties. So. We should have done this podcast from the hospital. I room. know. That's what I'm thinking. What a mistake. But, yeah, something exciting might happen with my body though because i did have a taco hey Not as exciting as well it's exciting but it's markedly similar uh for those of you who don't know much about physiology right. um okay so interesting that you are an only child what and from and did your mom remarry my mom did not my mom my mom fascinates me her story fascinates me because she was married to my dad for i guess like 12 years mm-hmm. just didn't work out they're still very good friends mm-hmm. she went on one date since their dog is really he's freaking out i excite you know what i might have to put him outside we're talking about divorce it's a hot topic i think Um, we might have to pause while i put him outside because right now he's matt myra is here helping me run this podcast and now he's playing tug of war um okay we are back the dog is outside and i've just warned carrie i'm anticipating his uh woof that is very specific to hey fyi i am out here and i would love to be in the mix my dog does that too it's a single so, yep Ooh. it's just a little attention yeah. seeking Yoo-hoo. yeah yeah it's pretty cute it's, we're gonna ignore it cute. if it happens i hope that it picks up on the mic it's not that cute so it's, we'll ignore it yeah, we will ignore it um okay so so yeah this is weird because everything you're saying is pretty much my upbringing so far yeah. in terms of like how long my parents were married and being an only child but I don't have any siblings but my mom um, had has had essentially one I don't know date one very short-lived boyfriend who was a priest after my father and then that was it and she's just done me too that's how my mom was just done she just she uh, when my parents split up which was when i was like five how old were you seven yeah okay yeah so and then she was done and i've never seen my mom be in a relationship with anyone and she's great ever and yeah she's just and it's not a matter of like she's miserable she never talks about it she's super happy with her life i brought it up one time done i said one time to her mom if you're gay that's awesome and she (laughs) Trust. Okay. My mother has many gay friends. She has many friends who are not gay. But when I said to her, if you're gay, that's okay. She went, Carrie. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) You know what? Enough. She just, she has her stuff where she likes it. Yep. Her channel changer TiVo is set to the shows she likes. Oh yeah. My parents are so comfortable in the space that they're in with that, you know, they like it how they like it and they've been doing it for so long that whatever companionship might bring to the table is absolutely not as interesting. No, any negative is just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Which I get. I, I get mean, it. I kind of get it. I get it. But I would have loved to have seen someone sort of cherish my mom. Yeah. Because I feel like she's adorable. That's a nice way to nice put it. To, you know? That's a nice way to put it. Somebody kind of feeding back to her all the great things about her because I just don't think you get that. You don't get that from friends. That's a beautiful way to put it. But it's funny because I I only saw it the other way, which is she's dodged all the douchebags. Well, there's that. But that is true. Except for the priest. Except for the priest. No, he was was, a douchebag. How does that work that he was a priest? 
Other we, than that it's my sexy mother tags. is the secretary at the church. Okay. And um, this guy was, you know, single. He's not a priest. He's a minister in a mm-hmm. Methodist church, and mm-hmm. they are able to marry and date and everything. Oh. Okay. And uh, he was just, uh, he was something else, that guy. He was a piece of work. And um, when, how old were you when she was? I that? think I was about twelve or uh-huh. thirteen, and he, I was not a fan. Yeah, you know. Wasn't, and how long did she didn't date Didn't work him? for me. It's all about me. Did you me. say that? How long she dated them? Minutes. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, minutes. So it wasn't even. Yet. No, 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 no. And that was the one foray that was the into one. this is what it's like when mom yeah. has a boyfriend. Let's Uh-oh. let loose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Now, um, did you go to church with your mom? I did. And did you want to, or did she make you? I wanted to. I loved it. You know, I had a very, I had a very different experience with religion growing up than, than most of my, you know, funny friends now, Mm -hmm. which is that. Yeah. Religion's not hip. It's not hip. It's not necessarily hip. Judaism's pretty hip, but, but, but devout anything is not very hip. And and I, um, and I'm very hip. No, no, (laughs) I. I went to the Methodist church growing up as a kid and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't my choice, but it wasn't, uh, I didn't go unwillingly, right. which is what we did. Yeah, yeah. And we went every Sunday and we, and I was very much a part. I was in the youth group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we had a terrific event every year called the Rockathon, where Hello. we would rock in a rocking chair in the church basement overnight to raise money for I charity. I don't know what I thought it was, but it's I didn't know it was going to be that much of a snore. That's pretty impressive. sexy. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, so I loved it. I had yeah. a great experience. I had yeah. a lot of friends from there, a lot of, uh, for lack of a cooler word, fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I had no negative experience with uh, with the um, the religious aspect the at all. In fact, kind of my minister at my Methodist church was a lesbian woman. Oh, nice. And she was all about questioning. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, you know, when I went through the straight edge hardcore punk phase yep. and was still at church at the yeah. Rockathon, yeah. saying, "Well, maybe there is no god." Yeah. She was there to go, "Maybe there isn't. What do you why do you think that? Let's yeah. talk about that." Instead of, you know, you're banished to the back. Yeah. Whatever. So I had a great experience with it. That's awesome. When I was when I I had to go to a uh, Mormon church with my mom, she had custody of me on Sundays and I went willingly too. Um, although my dad would, but I love that you just atheist. said had to custody uh, for sure. For willingly. sure. I Those mean, yeah, no, 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 hundred percent true. There were definitely, <laughs> ta- well, what's funny is that I did go unwillingly when I was much younger and I, and it wasn't about, um, it wasn't about hating the church. It was about my mom. Like I just wanted to, I knew it was important to her. So yeah. it became real important to me not to want to go when I was seven, eight, nine, of course, blaming people for divorce. Of course. But then when I went through my punk rock phase and was wearing black lipstick and dog collars, mm-hmm. uh, although I was not straight edge, that dog collar is terrific. I, so you, by thank the way. you very much. It's you really don't think nice. the studs are a bit much? I don't think so. I also like it's a little loose because as we get older, our skin sags. Oh, and that absolutely. one does not. Does well, not. I also have a very broad guttural sort of a laugh and the straight on yeah. my, my vocal cords is too much no. if, I, if I keep it real tight. That's, like I've been to. using the elastic ones. You ha- well, have. That's a wonderful. It's like putting on your house clothes when you get right. home. You just mm-hmm. get nice well, and I have a house dog collar yeah. that I put on. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Terry cloth? Yeah. It's terry cloth. Love it. Yeah. It matches Love my it. my head wrap and my oh, slippers. God. We have very similar We're lives. so similar. Uh, but yet, yeah, so, uh, but anyway, I guess I was going to say that I, I always felt like the Mormon church that talks about self-educating and asking questions and um, portends like when you get 
baptized in the Mormon church, you're eight. And the idea is that you're not baptized when you're a baby because you need to be baptized when you're old enough to be making the choice. Make a choice. Which I which love that any eight-year-old eight could make any yes, choice. Yes. They should I be have able a to drink and vote and drive as yeah, well. My five-year-old's choice is often to not wear underwear and sometimes <laughs> pull his pants down in public. So I would love that he would make a life decision. Now's like that. a good time to ask him how yeah. he feels about the Latter yeah. Day Saints. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that yeah, that was sort of the hypocrisy for me was feeling like one, once I got to the teenage age, I actually loved going, and I felt totally accepted, even though I would sort of I mean I was toning down my Robert Smith look when I went right. to church, but I still clearly stood out. Yeah. I always felt super accepted by everybody there, but I did feel frustrated that I I felt like it was it was you know actions but or words but not actions it was yes af- absolutely ask questions seek the truth but then not really not really okay you know so okay. that was that that was kind of frustrating for me but yeah um so were you were you i mean were you popular i guess that's no of, uh, i really i wasn't <laughs> very surprising i know you got I, into theater when you were I, pretty yeah, young which is i love that you just uh, equated being in theater with not being popular but i can only but, assume but let me tell experience. you i yes and and i think we are very similar in that way for for me this this was my experience i wanted more than anything to to belong yeah. to something yeah and belonging to something for me meant a jacket comes with it <laughs> okay. and they had jackets for softball so uh-huh. that's where i went first yeah. and and uh, this pathetic... Okay, here, I need to paint a picture for you, too. Love it. I was as tall as I am now, which mm-hmm. is rather tall, 5'9". Yep. Nine. yep. I was probably, tw- I want to say, 25 pounds thinner than I am right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 120 right Bean now. pole. Yeah. I had in- a remarkable buck teeth. <laughs> I had no. braces for six and a half years oh, because it was sort of whoa. the year they came out with them. Six I, yeah, they were and invented. a half. I sometimes wore a back brace. No, you didn't. Sometimes. Sometimes I did. I had a retainer and then some for, I feel like two years, but it was probably two weeks. One of those retainers that you with the brace around the back of your head. This is a John Hughes movie. I had remarkably greasy hair all the time. (gasps) I, uh. How was your skin? How was your skin? Actually, I had really good skin, but you couldn't see it past the retainer. You weren't unpopular. You couldn't see it past the retainer. Focus on. Um, But it, it was. You know, now as That's a mom, amazing. it just kills me when I see, you know, kids. But so I, uh, all that stuff didn't go over so well. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I tried out for softball and, and needless to say, I, I have no idea. Didn't go. So I didn't get that jacket. Yeah. Tried out for cheerleading. And on my life, you this... tried out. Honey, no, See, I, that's the confidence no, thing I'm going to talk about. Because that's impressive to even take that I chance. Tr- well, it's amazing. very large ego, very low self-esteem at this point. Yeah. So I, I try out for cheerleading. And the girls, God bless them, truthfully thought I was joking. Oh. Truthfully thought I was joking. And laughed. And I went along with it. Like, I know, right? Like, oh. I would want to be a cheerleader. Oh. But I got to say, it was around that time that I realized, well, I'm kind of funny, is that yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there Is a jacket a for that? <laughs> um, and it turned out there was kind of a jacket for that. When yeah. I was in fifth grade in the yearbook, I was voted class clown. And that was something. And all sure. I wanted was, I wanted a label. Sure, sure, sure. I wanted a jacket. I wanted a label. And I think all kids, sadly, I don't want this for my son. I don't yeah. want him to want a label. Yeah. But sadly, I think you are looking for who you are. Absolutely. For, for kids of that age, a jacket tells other kids who you are. Yeah. I yeah. am an athlete. Yeah. I am. Well, we didn't have jackets for the theater club in my school. Yeah. But I thought, well, it's something that I feel like I could do. So 
I went that way. I became the president of the theater company at our high school, which was a, actually a big deal. It was a yeah. very big school, Staples High School. Yeah. Um, a lot of kind of, you know, cool, big deal. People went there. I'm going to assume that that's not um, branding and marketing and that it was not yeah. owned by the Staples. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, we were totally, we had the Staples Stadium. Michael we were Jordan totally old there. school. It was before, uh, before Staples we were the was first. cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I badly wanted to be long. Yeah. I did not be long. But yeah. when I got, you know, classic story, when I got to the theater. And then, you know, by senior year, the braces came off. Yeah. Uh, put on a little weight in some of the right places. Mm-hmm. Got a perm. Hey, hey, uh, hey. Got a nose job for my 16th birthday, which Jesus. now I've rebroken and it's crooked. Wonderful. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so it started to look up for me. and um, But that's senior it, year. Senior year. But it, I, I had a, a remarkable amount of self-esteem come from theater and come from being funny yeah and that made me part of and and i think propelled me on to a summer program that i did where i met tom lennon we were 17 each other for over 20 years. yeah we went to to northwestern summer program the cherubs which was a you know really intense crazy theater camp and then we both said let's we're gonna go to nyu yeah and that's where we we met all the other guys and started the new group which became the state and i think that's i mean college tends to be I mean, I'm, I don't have, by the way, a degree in psychology or counseling or anything you like that. You know what? That. This interview is over. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Carrie, please don't. I misread, I misread oh, the card. Yeah, I misread I the card. I know. Uh, and I know that I come off like I'm a real expert in a lot, but... Well, it's the jacket. Yeah, well, yeah. that's why. Yeah. I knew. I actually had done a little She has a jacket that says expert and, yeah, on the back. And on the back it says, yes, I do know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it does seem like, I mean, you know, you sort of understand college to be for a lot of people, for a lot of people growing up, where you kind of come into your own maybe a little bit more than high school. I um, wish for all children, yeah. I wish for all children to skip from preschool to college. <laughs> oh. I mean, it is There's it so is much killing me. Stuff in Thank between. God, my son is handsome, big, yeah, coordinated, yeah, and funny. Yeah, and because dear God, I mean, I have my heart. Did you heart, ever get bullied? I did get bullied. You did. I did get bullied. Me too. But you know what I did? My I feel like my sixth grade year is I one day bullied another girl mm-hmm. because I, I'll remember it like it was yesterday because I thought this is the only way out of this. Yeah. And I'll never forget, we were on the school bus. I mean, this is classic after school special and it's all, it's all I needed. Yeah. I had been getting, being bullied by these other girls. I then got on the school bus one day and a girl who it's sort of like, you know, the classic Alcoholics Anonymous, like you're laying on the gutter and you're laughing at the guy that's down, like being right. washed away inside into the, gutter. the drain. Yeah. I uh, saw the one girl who I thought would, could be a target or seen as less than me at that, at that particular moment. Yeah. And uh, I pulled her glasses off oh. of her face for a show, you know, yeah. to, to, and sort of turned around, like, is everybody catching this? Yeah. And no, this was not sixth grade. This was fifth grade. Okay. And she slugged me so hard, which sent my white skinny ass tumbling off the school. I mean, oh. cry, um, cry. I never again, never, oh ever, ever. Gosh. And I knew, and I knew yeah. even at that time, this is not the right thing I'm to sure do. I'm sure your this heart was just feel racing right, and yeah. But I'm desperate 
to be part of. And, yeah. and maybe this is it. Well, I found out really quickly that was not the way. <laughs> well, it sounds like that was and maybe then be, for the then best. Became like, friends. what would have happened? You know what I mean? How, how, how could that have changed well, the, it? I think that what would have changed it is, and I think it often happens with kids, is it works. Yeah. People accept you. Yeah. And then it continues and continues. I, I'm horrified, horrified by these videos that I'm seeing of yeah. kids because all kids have camera phones now. I mean, I have chills right now of these yeah. kids beating each other up with kids surrounding them. I, I mean, I suppose it's always gone on. I feel like it's getting worse. I um, I'm just so glad I'm, I'm not a child in this time. Know. You know, That's how I feel. And I always wonder, I mean, I, I guess I am finally at the point in my adulthood where I find myself thinking those things more. I find myself saying those things more. Yeah. And I'm wondering where, because I don't have kids yet, but I'm wondering where the crossover happened between... Because because if I walk into a group of teenage girls, that's kind of the immediate wake-up call that I'm not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. But without those, like if I do like a volunteer group or something, without those girls right in front of me, I often feel like, oh yeah, I'm the same. Like oh. I really haven't changed at all until I see those girls and then I go, okay, wait, I'm older. I'm definitely not no, in that No, wait do you have a kid? Space. Because I am immediately reduced to being five years old with my son. Right. And we get into arguments like I'm five. My husband's like, you're 41. You, <laughs> you just told him that it's, that's yours and pulled it out of his hand. <laughs> I, I have that that sort of complex too. I think that yeah. might have something to do with being an actor too. Well, that was I guess that was kind of what I was thinking too in terms of um, thinking about even just when you were talking about wanting to find your voice and wanting to kind of belong or at least understand. If I don't belong here, I do belong here. I mean, isn't right. that kind of haven't we sort of ended up chasing that forever? There's right. this, this feeling of right. like, I'm still trying out for cheerleading oh, honey, because I'm going into a room and someone's kind of looking me over and maybe they laugh at me for I the right believe reason. that having children is the, is the biggest joke on humanity because I now am reliving. I, I finally, I, I feel like there was a two year respite. And I became an adult and I accepted it. And I could look in the mirror and say, I look good. Right. I'm successful Which, in my way, career. Yeah. I have a successful relationship. I have a beautiful home. Yeah. Here comes a kid and I am reliving every oh, raw man. moment of it. The wedding, the pants in at the party and we oh, don't have extra. I mean, yeah. just the most. And I am reliving it as an adult who wishes I could shake that person and say, it's it's not always going to be like this, but for a while it is. Yeah. And for a while it's going to really suck. Yeah. But look, I I, I want to put like a diorama up and go. This was me. This is this yeah. is the stages. And look at now. Yeah. So it's going to be okay. And I and I do, I do try and give the process the benefit of the doubt and say it's character building. Yeah. It's character building. Yeah. But I I am one of those moms that has to hold myself back when at the playground an older kid says, "You're dumb. I don't want to play with you." And oh, let my son have yeah. his experience yeah. because I and I, and now I feel that way about all children. Yeah. Which is is even harder. So if yeah. I'm at the grocery store and I see a kid, I yeah, it's, I feel that way, and I'm not even yeah. a mom. I'm I just raw get again. So it, maybe it's age. Maybe and, it's an age because yeah. we've been there. Yeah. Did Did your mom? How did your mom? I mean, obviously, all due respect to your parents, and uh, but did Did you feel like you had a great connection with your parents when you were a teenager? Did they trust you? Did they not trust you? Did you feel like you? I had the world's best connection with my parents. Nice. They. they my father would have these experiences, you know, that he would share with me. He would mess up sort of in, in his emotions and come to me and say, I messed up. You know, yeah. this is how I feel. I shouldn't have said that. It was very real. It was, yeah. it was very dynamic. It yeah. was, it was big. Um, yeah. and my mom was very even keel, which I think was a nice combination for me because I'm yeah. capable of 
being that, but I'm also capable of the, the raw, enormous, explosive emotion. Right. Um, but I called my mom the first time I did cocaine. I, wow. I was wow. working at a restaurant. And um, I'll, I'll clarify now and say, I don't do cocaine. I don't do drugs. <laughs> I don't even drink alcohol, yeah. one glass of wine every two months. But I, yeah. I um, if I were a drug addict, this wouldn't be such a great story. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I tried all those things once. Yeah, me too. And um, that, not once, some of them more than once, but I don't do them now. I, at one time. At one time. you meant. At one the, time. The, 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 the but when I was play. 17, I worked at a restaurant. And if anyone has ever worked in a restaurant uh, on the West East Coast, you know that there's a lot of things going on there. And I, uh, I tried cocaine, and yeah. I called my mom and I said, "Mom, I don't, I, I don't know what's if you need to take me to the hospital or what. I just snorted cocaine." <laughs> and my mom's like, "Okay, calm down." So my mom came and got me. She drove me home. She sat and sort of fanned me down wow. and was like, "We'll talk about this in the morning." Wow. And, um, yeah. So I, I, I that um, is amazing. I was afraid to tell my parents anything uh, that I was doing that was wrong. And I, I started when I was really young in high school, too young. Yeah. And, um, and I, I was terrified of admitting that. And my mom always assumed the worst and my dad always assumed the very best. Yeah. So either way, I felt like angry at my mom for thinking the worst of me right. and really mad at her when she was right and not wanting to tell her that. Like, I don't want to tell win. her I got high. Yeah. And then absolutely not ever wanting my dad to think that I was anything but, you know, this oh, kind perfect. of great kid who was, yeah. yeah. So it's really cool that you had that relationship with your mom where you could where you could do that and she would There's the bark. Yeah. I'm out it was, here. actually. I'm out sounded here. Sounded a little more desperate than I sounded expected. Like maybe He's probably holding visited. on to it for a long time yeah. cuz he knew we were recording. He just woke up. Yeah. yeah. Bless his heart. Uh, I just gave the dog a greenie. <laughs> just an update. Just, just, just an update. Greenie. I don't know what we're going to do if the dog isn't around for <laughs> any some of these podcasts. I'm going to have nothing to talk about. Um so, uh, yeah, so I, we were just saying it's amazing that you were able to have that relationship with your mom where she didn't, yeah. so she trusted you enough that she knew if my daughter's doing this, I'd rather know and I'm yeah. going to be kind of even keel about it. I'll, I'll tell you this. This is my, my favorite, my mom's story. This is, this is, she's a superhero. Um, I, I can't, I'm trying, I always, I don't remember how it happened and she doesn't remember either or claims not to. Um, <laughs> but I was at the age where we were still going to my pediatrician, but I was sexually active. Mm-hmm. I think I was 16. Mm-hmm. And so you were six. So this is, yeah. so, cause and I want to put this in a context just because I, a lot of us might still be thinking of back brace braces. Yeah. No, no, retainer. no. See, okay. Here, this is the year the braces came off. Okay. So this is the nose year job. Year? This is this junior is, year. Okay. okay. Right, 16, junior year. Okay. The braces come off. Got it. Perm. Got it. Again, I don't know how many times I have to say perm, Janet. Yeah, no. I, I had a perm. They could have just been the perm. I mean, the per- else, I don't know what they put in that action. thing, but it was like, yeah. really, I always really got the fellas I going. A, I wanted a full-on fro. I honestly did, and I yeah. knew I would never get that, so I, I didn't get a perm because I knew it would just be frustrating. No, I had just sort of a lame, get. smelly yeah, perm. a crinkly poodle. But at the time, it was... It was, it That's worked. That's what you did. Uh, it was a man magnet. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I got, you So know. you went from like, did you have any boyfriends? Like, did you have yeah, boyfriends when you, even when you were more, I did. a little more awkward? I did. I had a boyfriend in high school who was wonderful. I'm actually still friends with him now. He's an editor. He moved here to LA. Nice. He and his wife have two adopted children. Um, and they he was my boyfriend and they named what this is getting weird. weird. <laughs> um, he's here now. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, hello. Yeah. He, um, 
we were he was my boyfriend for three years in high school and he was a straight edge hardcore kid mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. straight edge straight edge like mm-hmm. no sugar no i don't know about Whoa. sugar no but no no alcohol no yeah. fun yeah but yeah. i loved yeah. him we we had a great time together maybe some chocolate milk no so no. too much you're pushing it no yeah. no no we had a lot of fun together but hit my senior year then i started dating uh another no no, no excuse me my freshman year i dated a senior hey but I still wasn't, didn't look great. He was just, I was easy. And then my <laughs> sophomore, junior, senior year, I had that same boyfriend. Got it. Up into college. Got it. Anyway, here I am, 16, heaving breasts, <laughs> perfect skin. Um, no, I was, I my, I met the pediatrician with my mom. Yeah. Because that's what we still, it was. She was going to go in with she you. She was but... going to go in with me. And I said, you know, I'm just going to run in and see Dr. Shoot by myself just real quick. You can finish whatever you have to do out here. <laughs> finish and read Goodnight Moon again, whatever you want to do. Um, have a Pop-Tart. Not, and not date anyone. Not date any a priest or yeah. And, uh, God, I hope my parents don't hear this. So then I, uh, I went in and I said to, to my doctor who God love him that he was the, he was the town doctor, you know, he'd been around forever and he was a listener. And in fact, on his Aww. desk was a stone that engraved that said, learn to listen, Aww. learn to listen. I'll never forget that. And I'm sorry. What, what was it? Sorry. What? Oh, God, do you that could, horrible no, you bit. Not. But anyway, uh, what was I saying? Um, I tried to do a bit on your bit and the bit didn't work. Anyway, um, so, so he, he was incredible. He was wonderful to have growing yeah. up. Um, I also had a therapist for about a year cause my parents were divorced and her name was Dr. Mold. This no. is true. I feel like no. she was a hundred, might've been 95. Bless her. And she just would sit and analyze me while I colored. And so I was smart enough at seven to draw like houses on fire and parents with their heads cut off. <laughs> Because I, totally like, I was like, I was like, I'm on to you, bitch. Doctor Mold. Doctor Mold. And she'd be like, I don't. I think we've got problem. And I was oh. like, I'm fine. They, my parents got divorced. I get it. They, they don't love each other. They yeah. love me. I didn't do anything wrong. But let's move yeah. forward. Um, but so at this doctor visit, I go and I say, Doctor Shoop, um, it just terrified, terrified yeah. of his judgment. Of yeah. His, and I said, I, I had a, a sexual encounter. I don't know how I put it. And he said, Okay, okay. Uh, I said, so I guess like, I don't know, I need birth control or, you know, I have a boyfriend and, you know, it's only one part. I'm not, you know, and he's like, okay, so I'm not judging, but um, I've known your mom for 30 years and I really feel, Carrie, as your friend and doctor that we need to bring her in here right now because I feel like I know your mom probably better than you do. Mm. She, she, it's going to be okay. Well, that moment between the doctor going out and bringing my mom in, I'll never forget. And my mom, God love her. God love her, sat in that chair, tears welling up in her eyes, you know, sort of nodding. And she kept saying, you know, um, do you know what this means? You know, this is an emotional experience. This is not just a physical, this is emotion. And I'm oh, having this conversation with my poor Mm. mother in this room. And God love her. She said, "If if this is what you're going to do. Yeah. And I can't talk you out of it. And I've given you all the information and I'm here to answer questions. Then let's also put you on birth control. Yeah, and and they did. They they um they had me circumcised. And, um, uh, that's not the right word. They, uh, you know what I mean? Castrated. Uh, so no, he. I. Uh, she. Um, well, you really. She real. She put in. a chastity belt. Chastity in. belt on me. Um, no, they put me. They put me on. I think it was. I can't remember what it was called, but it was just one of the low level birth control yeah. pills or something. I was on it for a while, and then. I, we broke up and then I went to college and then started having, you know, a more normal 
relationships. Did you feel like, I mean, and again, if any, if I ever touch on anything, you're like, eh, it's nobody's business. Right now I'm talking about my vagina, so I don't know where you're going to go that's going to be weird. Well, I guess, well, you see, it's easy for the comedy people to talk about the vagina, but what about the heart to carry the heart? That's tough. I'm sure. You want me to talk about... Again, with the dog and the shittiness. Speaking of... Um, Scott... I love that your dog's name is Scott. Honestly. I just love that it's so pedestrian. Here's what I found out I say because someone called me on it who comes over here for, I have this regular salon group where we meet and ostensibly are learning about things we wouldn't know about otherwise because I feel like I'm getting more stupid as I get older. I feel like I haven't been invited to that, Um, but go on. uh, Now that I know you're interested. All right. um, And uh, I guess I've said this more than once when my dog has been misbehaving in front of other people, apparently to the point where she thought... It was a command. Oh, no. Scott, under no circumstances. <laughs> just organically coming out of my mouth. You'll I be a good parent. I say that. Evidently, You'll be a very I good say parent. under no circumstances. Yeah. Repeatedly. My son, my son yeah. goes into the backyard now. And when I say, go tell daddy it's time for dinner, he goes in the background and back, backyard and he goes, Steve! In the most obnoxious. And I was like, <laughs> that's what he hears I'm coming out of my mouth. I'm to be a jerk. Yeah. yeah. Um... I get so this is my question. My question is I I'm just looking back at who I was and when I started having sex and I mean I guess it's always the question of how right were you? Were you ready and 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 was your mom right? Was it really more emotional than maybe it felt or did it feel like it was a really big emotional thing for you too? It was were? a big emotional thing for me. I'll tell you that my first experience was with somebody that it shouldn't have been with. Mm-hmm. And it was just because that that person I was a freshman. He was a senior. He didn't care about me, but I was doing that girl of I'm someone's paying attention to me and he's more important than me somehow because of the age and because he's cute and you know, he has a car. Yeah. So, so it was not right that he didn't, you know, abuse me in any way, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. He couldn't have known that. No, no. But, but really it was, it, it should, it shouldn't have been at that time. Yeah. But then my second encounter was with a boyfriend that I truly loved. I truly, truly did love. I I stayed with him for four years up into college. Um, he's still a friend of mine today. Yeah. Yeah, so so that was I have no regrets about that. That yeah. was a lovely experience, a lovely relationship and um and I, I have no regrets about that. I do feel in hindsight like it was all too young. Yeah. If I could go back and do it again, I would say maybe college. Yeah. Um maybe not even college. Maybe yeah. just towards the end of college would would if I could change things, that's when it would be because I think it was more emo- emotional then I was allowing myself more emotionally uh, impr- imprinting yeah. than I realized. Yeah. At the time, I just thought, this is what I want to do. Other people are doing this. Of course, this must make sense for me. It makes sense for them. Right. In hindsight, it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal. It is a big, a big deal, deal. And, it, and it does feel like, I mean, I feel, I definitely know that women who are friends of mine today who are maybe, you know, more kind of sexually active in terms of having multiple partners and stuff than, uh, than I ever was, still seem to slide into that place of, I think I'm doing this for me, and mm-hmm. I think I'm liberated in that way, and yet somehow I still end up longing for the phone to mm-hmm. ring, even if he wasn't that important to me going into it. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, is that, I mean, if we're this fragile 
in our 30s and 40s and 20s, how is it to be a teenager and to feel like, yeah, he's cool, so we had sex, and then and then somehow make that make his or her, you know, if you're if you're gay, but to make that person's feelings about you or how they treat you you're already thinking to yourself, like, it's so important what everyone else thinks. It's so important how I come off to everyone else. And so much of our value seems to come out of that behavior. It just makes you wonder, like, if you're doing it with somebody who's maybe doesn't respect you or you don't respect you're just not connected with in the way you should be and i don't think that changing i don't think you you can really possibly know at that age either and i I hated hearing people say that i really did yeah and i hated when i would hear my mom say you don't have the emotional capacity i would say you don't know my capacity i yeah and really it's experience it's life experience but i also think the the if if it were simply about emotion uh, I would say maybe, yeah, have at it and see if you're right. tough enough. When you mix in possible deadly STDs yeah. and children, yeah, that's an explosive combination. Yeah. Yeah. And I have friends who got pregnant in college who now have 21-year-old children, 25-year-old <sighs> children. I am barely capable as a mother of a five-year-old. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have friends who have uh, diseases that they got in high school yeah. and couldn't get partners through it. Yeah. Through, you know, all these different things. Or I know people who have gotten diseases and died from them yeah. because of sexual uh, encounters. So it's, it's, uh, it's hard to compartmentalize and yeah. say when you just talk about it as a, an emotional, when are you as an individual ready. It's hard to just put it in that because it doesn't just involve that. It involves everything. Right. Uh, It also involves how other people see you because people will find out. That's the number one thing when you're younger is about other people knowing. Right. Everyone will know. Right. Everyone will know. And everyone will exaggerate it. Right. So I'll never forget the girl in fifth grade who everyone claimed gave a blowjob to another guy yeah. under the bleachers. I don't know if it happened or not, but yeah. something happened. Oh my God, that... there's so many blowjobs under bleachers in every school, but everywhere. What's funny is there were so many rumors for That me girl too. has now contacted me on Facebook as an adult. And I think of her, like you think of people from your past with a one sentence, yeah. you know, that's the, the, you know, girl who, you know, worked at the mall. That's the girl. This, this is the girl who gave a blowjob under the bleachers in fifth oh grade. My God. And what a shame. Wow. You know, what, what a shame. shame. She, I think like now is a diplomat or something. Uh, right? no, no, you're not. You're the girl who gave a blowjob. That's crazy. So, um, yeah. It's, so it's, how do we, so how do we convey, like if there, if there are girls who are listening right now who are fans of yours or, or who are just kind of looking to, to be heard by, you know, thinking about somebody who's funny, who's, who's charismatic, who's beautiful, but also not afraid to be foolish and silly and be one of the boys, whatever that means. I also knit and I have a driver's license. You're also very crafty. And a passport. I'm pleased to hear you have a driver's license. That's very unusual for Los Angeles. Good good news. Yes. Um, Just kidding. How do we, how do we, like, how do you, I mean, how should we communicate? Is there a way for us to communicate? Like, hey, we're, I know that it sounds super lame that we're like, now we're old ladies and we're telling you to wait or whatever, but Mm. how do we can, I mean, or do, or is it just everybody has to have their own experience and, and all we can do is say, hey, we're here on the other side and it gets better but also don't be afraid to go against the curve and wait and not necessarily have sex so early. Cause I feel like I do feel like teens are having, I mean, it's 
Are we just the old ladies now that we thought our parents were? Like, it's in the old days. I think but, it is both. You I know? think it is both. But kids are definitely... Like, I went to the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice yes. Awards. The girls yes. were dressed like yes. I would never have felt comfortable dressing. You could see they were wearing tube skirts. Well, my mom's thing with me was butts. in high school, I was not allowed to wear clogs or hanging earrings because it made me look like I was asking loose. for it. Yeah. I was loose yeah. with my clogs and I my like, I was earrings. I dressed like a super punk rock, no, but no I makeup. was like baggy. Oh, Everything yeah. was baggy. No, I could wear makeup to be punk rock. Yeah. I couldn't wear seductive lip gloss and yeah. things like that. Yeah. In hindsight, I'm so grateful. In Malibu now, there are these girls that... I mean, God bless my husband trying to be out in the water on surfboards with these girls... I mean, 17 years old with like tattoos, like fuck me all across their back. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, um, I, yes, I, I wish I could grab them and say as the old lady now, stop it. But, um, there's, there's more for you. There's more for you. And the the risks are too big and all that stuff, but it will go in one ear and out the other. I believe the only thing that I think can stop people from doing it is a certain amount of self-esteem. Right. And I think that self-esteem and not having to go with everybody else's flow all the time, that self-esteem is hard to, you haven't had a lot of years to gain that self-esteem. And if you don't have a super solid family and female role models and male role role models, you you can't just automatically have it. The only thing I would say that, that maybe you and I could be of any help in is to say, look, I was a gawky girl. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of boyfriends. I came into myself. I had some experiences in hindsight as now a kind of cool 41-year-old with a pretty great career and, yeah. And, yeah. and fantastic family and marriage and all that stuff. I wish I had waited. Yeah. I wish I had waited. Uh, did it kill me? No. Did, yeah. do, do Would I not have the things I have now? I don't know. Yeah. But uh, just to hear that. Yeah. And if that means anything. Did you have... Um, did you have... Go- oh, really another thing I was going to say was... Oh, yeah. We're lucky. Yeah, because yeah, we are. I do, I, have, I do have friends who I do made have the friends. same choices, and the outcomes were very. That's different. right. I feel like yeah. it's a bit of a roulette game. Yeah, it is. And it I is. think of the times I got into friends' cars. Yeah, when they were driving drunk, and it was oh funny God. at the time. I, yeah, and then the car next to us, you know, figuratively, those kids are all dead. Yeah. We just lost a fifteen-year-old fa- boy at the top of our hill a couple weeks <sighs> ago. Killed. Yeah. Drunk driving. I mean, his, his, he's in the car with his brother. His brother's drunk. They're both dead. Not Mom lost it. her whole life. That's yeah. it. It's over. Yeah. Not um, it. it doesn't mean a lot when you're that age because it's not going to happen to you. It didn't happen to me. Yeah. It didn't happen to but you. But it did But it happened to the third to person who's not sitting here I today. I know. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And that's same with me. Like, oh, like getting high and then, and then letting my friend let me spend the night at some guy's yeah. house not even in like in a sexual way but just like oh he's a friend of a friend and he's yeah. gonna let us crash there i'm so lucky i wasn't raped I was, about, i've never been raped i honestly don't know how that happened i but agree i, didn't I am the same way how how about and this is this is not bragging and it is funny it's funny in hindsight because i i came out on the other side right how about i woke up on a mattress on saint mark's place with my oh, skirt up my like God. oh i mean you know, uh, I was in a band. I was in a punk yeah, band. Yeah. We, we had, I had done Coke that night. Then yeah. we played. And then the sun was rising and I couldn't make it up to my seven floor walk up. So this looks like a comfy place to live. No, I mean, the the amount of steps that it took for me not to yeah. have something happen to me that night yeah. and every night yeah. is remarkable. Did I have fun? Yeah. Do I have great memories? Yeah. 
Am I incredibly lucky that the roulette wheel landed where it was? Yes. And that's, I don't know if it's God and what it is for you or what it is for anybody, but yeah. but it doesn't mean it can't be me tomorrow for making right. bad choices. And it doesn't mean it can't be somebody who hasn't made those choices yet. Right. Why right. not just make the right choice? Then right. you know you'll be okay. I know. I There's know. plenty of great experiences to have when you get older. Yeah. Plenty of them. Yeah. So let's so so when did you when did you start playing music and banjo I know you play that's a kind of a long way from punk rock okay and bass first and, a and Janet like stop immediately because I do not play the banjo really somebody put on my Wikipedia yeah, page yeah. not just that I play banjo but that I'm an avid banjo player <laughs> and you know what I have I have not taken it off because I find it so wonderful I'm like you damn I right I play it. banjo I was no, totally ready not at to all. believe it but what I do play is ukulele now which ah. is kind of and you know I have a mandolin hanging there that I, guess, I still don't know how to play. I, my next, as I wish, my I next did, gift from right? my husband is mandolin lessons because that's my okay. next. I'm a blue, I'm a bluegrass fanatic. Yeah, me too. Well, I yeah. think we may be starting we're bluegrass the same band, you and me, because okay. yeah, I I love it, and yet for some reason I can I play guitar and bass, and I oh just no, can't. mandolin is another it's animal, that, you know, because the tuning is so 750 uh, strings. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't know about that. So, but when did you start? So you started on guitar? Oh well, no. Or did you start on bass? No. Yes. No. Math harp. Up. Time's up. Um, I, I'll tell you the story in a nutshell, which is a pretty great one, and it's pretty, like, go-go girl power story. Right. Um, my, my two girlfriends of mine, we, we lived in New York on the Lower East Side, and uh, one was an actress, one was a fashion designer, and we... All each of us had boyfriends. Is this your twenties? Your college? This years? is my twenties. Okay. This is um, towards the end of college. So this is in like nineteen ninety one. Okay. So I was hadn't graduated yet. We had boyfriends in bands, big bands, and we said they were all on tour all the time. Some some big bands, some you know whatever. But they were very successful in their world mm-hmm. of music. So we all we all lived in these tiny apartments with like instruments falling on our heads from, right. from our our significant others. While all of the boys separately were away on tours with their bands, we said, hey, as a joke, let's each grab an instrument from the apartment, one of our apartments. We'll rent one of those spaces down there for an hour, write a song, right? And then when they get back, we'll be like, hey, we have a band too, right? So we met. I grabbed a bass guitar. Uh, the drummer grabbed some drums, had never played in her life. The guitar player grabbed a guitar. She had never touched a guitar. I never touched a bass. We got to the space. We asked the, the owner, Janito, who was uh-huh. a very nice guy on Avenue A, how <laughs> to plug it in. Uh, he showed us. And it was funny for five minutes. And then it was fun. Yeah. And then it was inspiring. And then we met the next day and the next day and the next day. Oh well, God. about, I guess, a month in, maybe two months in, someone from the next room leaned their head in and said, hey, I'm hosting a party in Brooklyn this weekend. Do you guys want to play it? And we were like, oh, no, no, this isn't what you think it is. You know, we're right. not really a band. And he huh. said, well, I've been listening and you're you a are. band. So we said, okay, well, we have five songs. And he said, great, play five songs. So we played five songs at this party in Brooklyn. Yeah. And John Zorn, who's an avant-garde, um, who's, who's a, a, a jazz musician, uh, who has had a label called Avant, which, which was a Japanese label, uh-huh. was at the party. And he said... Would you like to make a record? Oh my god! And we this said, crazy. Well, we, don't ha- we have five songs. Yeah. Said, How many do we need? He said ten. We said, okay, we can write <laughs> five more songs. Yeah. So we recorded an album uh, in New York. 
with the 10 songs, I think it was, that we had, it was put out on a Japanese import label called Avant. Yeah. Well, within two months of it being out in the world, yeah. we got uh, three and a half stars in Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, my gosh. We got two pages so awesome. spread and spin, and they said it's the hottest I new sound. I remember this. Yeah. Um, Smashing Pumpkins were saying we'd never heard anything like this. Yeah. Um, we were befriending all these music people who were saying, you know, where have you been, and how do you make that sound, and... We just kept saying, honestly, I don't. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, and we can't copy anybody because yeah. we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, um, it's a great album. It's a great album. It's a. It's what a was great the first album. song you guys wrote off that? Bum leg. It was bum leg. Yeah. Okay. There was All a right. guy I used to know. His name is Joe. He used to live across the street. And the the chorus was, your dad works for my dad. Yeah. So it was all very juvenile, like, you know, all the kind of stuff we're talking about, sort of. Well, it's fun. I mean, it's it's definitely like the lyrics in, in a lot of the songs, or most of the songs, are, are sort of funny and witty. But yeah, it was they don't an outlet. feel jokey. It was they another outlet. Like, it was another know, outlet, voice. another... I don't want to say diary, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's stream of conscious. So, oh well, when that came out, we thought, well, maybe we're, maybe we are onto something a little bit. Yeah. And again, it was a hobby. I had my own TV show. I was yeah. doing Viva Variety. Yeah. Nina was doing big theater in New York and Jody was working for Donna Karen. And I think because we weren't so concentrated yeah. on it, um, we then played a show after that album and I look out in the audience with the, the original knitting factory and Rick Ocasek is standing yep. there. And he came backstage afterwards and said, I'd love to record you guys. And we said, well, of course you would. I mean, obviously. <laughs> uh, no, we were shocked. And he took us to Electric Ladyland Studios in New York, and we recorded a single. He produced a single of ours. From that, we were playing another show at the Knitting Factory, and Rick said, I have a couple friends I want to bring to see you play. And we said, okay, put them on the list. Just put me plus five. Yeah. So the next night we're playing there, and down the aisle comes everyone's 10 feet tall, too. Rick Ocasek, his wife, Paulina Porskova. Right. Jim Jarmish. Yeah. David Byrne. Neil Young. Yeah. And Neil comes up to us after the show and says, uh, how do you, wa- you want to be on my label? I'm starting a new label off of Warner Brothers. And we said, you can go fuck yourself. No. We said, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, please. And so we did, we had a three record deal with Neil. We did two. Yeah. And we toured with him. We did the Horde tour. Yeah. Um, and we did Europe a couple times. And... Um, and we still owe him a record. Anytime I see I think him, only one is on iTunes. Is that true? I think only one is on iTunes. We that's have one has we have a total and, of three albums. Yeah. Ashley's the one that's about to have a baby, actually. Oh my gosh, so, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, uh, anytime I see any of the record label people or Neil or anyone from that group, they always say, "You owe us one more record." Yeah. So I like that it's out there, floating around. That maybe someday we would. I wonder if they would let us. Could, I wonder if I could put one of Cake Like songs on at the end uh, of this podcast. I don't see why so not. People could enjoy. I don't see why not. So people could enjoy. So people um, could enjoy. You said one thing that I just have to jump back to. I have to go to the bathroom about keeping a diary. No. Oh, good to keeping a diary. But did you keep a journal? Did you keep a diary when you were? Sometimes teen? I was spotty with it. Yeah. Yeah. It felt so important to me to. I sort of wish I had that same impetus now, like yes. that drive, because that fire of. Oh God! I've got to! I gotta say this stuff. I've got to talk about how I'm feeling. It's and funny I've got you to, think I that because my first thought that stops me every time when I think I want to write something down is, I guess, because now I'm sort of in this maybe the second half of my life. I think to myself, if I die tomorrow, don't write anything that's going to piss anybody off, right? Because you well, don't, I don't want do that anymore. to be the last. I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel that drive. Oh, I so see what you're saying. Best. But when I was that's a teenager, I, I got to get it out. So many, um, and and at the time, it felt like. Most of the time, it felt like what I had to say was so important and yeah. and 
I look back and I was so boy crazy. Like I think I thought, I, I don't know what I, my memory of what I was writing and, and how I was feeling and the fact that I, I think I thought it crossed all spectrums of my being versus the reality of cracking one of those open yeah. and realizing that nine times out of 10, whatever that driving force was, boiled down to a, a boy. Like yeah. it boiled down to, yeah. I just need, I need to say these things yeah. about yeah. how he was looking at me and whether that yeah. means something. Mine were and, like that too. Mine know? were like that too. And I, then if I was happy and like in a stable relationship for a while or nothing much was going on, I, I definitely didn't need to sit down and write yeah. about anything. Yeah. But. It was cathartic. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's, that's part of what the band was too. It was sort of t- towards the end of that period where I have something to say, damn it. You know, Which, but kind of nice to have that, to have that indelible record of it. In it's a, incredible in a way, to that nostalgia. Oh, we're so blessed. I, I, so lucky. Oh, Absolutely. That's fantastic. And to have other people say, good for you, I, li- I approve of that. Yeah. Is, is, a, is nobody can, you can't ever argue and say, you know, that doesn't feel good because it does. And then in terms of for you with comedy then and now, I mean, it sounds like you came from kind of your dad, your dad is a, a performer and yeah, and, my uh, dad's the, he's a, he's a voiceover actor. He's the Cocoa Puffs bird. Mm-hmm. And he was lion. O Lord of the Thundercats, which is fantastic. A big deal in the eighties. Um, <laughs> it's still a big deal. <laughs> Matt, Matt is not, it's a, still a big deal. Large way. My dad's actually doing the new Thundercats. He's playing oh, nice. lion. father, I think. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. I want to say it all comes full circle, but that just seems that would real be weird. pretentious. That would be weird. Real pretentious yeah. for a conversation about the yeah. Thundercats. But so just to, to 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 revisit the the kind of humor comedy kind of stuff, um, it sounds like you it, for you it maybe came out of two places. It came out of a, like actually having a family or having a having parents who were funny. Yeah, it was or, encouraged. In it my was house. encouraged. Funny, funny was being smart. Getting through school was this was my thing. If I brought home a C, my dad would honestly say, "Did you do your best?" And if yes, I did, he would say, "God bless you. Yeah, ab- good for you." Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, intelligence was not, not, not encouraged, but it was not the most important thing in my family was humor. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's not so, but, and then did it feel like it came out of defensiveness as well as in terms of being the kid who didn't fit in or just, it it was already there? No, it was already there. I think I was, I was, I was freed to find it. Yeah. It was not, um, I didn't find it and say, aha, I found the secret weapon. It was right. more like, oh, phew, that's there. Yes. And it was always there at home. My dad and I would make videos all the time and little Super 8 movies and, that's and awesome. you know, reel-to-reel tapes and stuff. So it was always there. I didn't know that it could be a part of my everyday life and sort of be a, a source of self-esteem yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, my, and then my last question is just body image stuff in terms of talking about being gangly and being yeah. tall and kind of how boys and dating fit into that. I mean, how did you, did you feel self-conscious in your body? Did you feel uncomfortable in it or did you embrace it? Did you feel like... I would say, honestly, until about the last mm, three years, I have been more insecure than not about my body. And in the last couple of years, I don't know if it's about having, you know, when I got pregnant, I gained 90 pounds. I, I weighed 210. You went for it. You went for I it. Went for it. Yeah. And I did not exercise. And you know what? I loved it. I loved yeah. every minute. I loved every bit of my size. I loved all of it. I'm back down to my fighting weight of 120, <laughs> which is the, pretty much the weight I've been my whole life. But yeah. I, when I look in the mirror now, I really, truly do feel for the first time in my life, 
full of wrinkles, gray hair Hardly. under the dyed hair. Okay. You know, the belly if that I, I didn't so. have. But really, I really do. I think if you compared pictures of me now and, and 20 years ago, you'd say, well, yeah, 20 years ago, she looks prettier. But I feel prettier now. I feel better now. I have a, a self-confidence about myself, about my work, yeah, about my friendships, about my choices. But it took till now, which yeah. is uh, great in some ways and not so great in yeah. some ways. But at 41, I am more comfortable in my skin than I've ever been, which is not saying much because that's not that comfortable. <laughs> but it's a hell of a lot more you, comfortable you than I felt at 15. You can only take it from where you are yeah. on a certain scale. It's the Carrie Kinney that's silver right. scale. That's right. Um, well, you are uh, stunning. Uh, you are one of my favorite dressers. I wish that I could break apart your entire outfit for the listeners, but I won't put them through it. But it could not be more adorable. I'm and, wearing um, just overalls and flip flops. She is not wearing overalls and flip flops. <laughs> she has a mustache, which I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank I, you, Janet. I've I, always adored you. You're sort of like the awesome. mama of comedy who brings us all together once yeah. a year for Sketchfest. So I would have done anything you asked me to, um, but this is important work here. Well, you know, it is. I think I just feel I'm hoping that that people who you know, girls whose parents watched uh, the states, yeah, but also there's so many um, girls in their teens and twenties who love Reno. Well, there is nothing follow, you know, follow for, you for young girls. There is nothing but negative uh, things for them to learn from. There's nothing but Jerseylicious yeah. and The Bachelor and all this stuff. That P.S. I watch sometimes. Yeah, but I I'm I'm not you know, as, as in much of a learning stage about myself as I was, thank God the primary, uh, influence when we were young were, were not some of the performers now and the, all of the reality television that there is now, because it's hard to wade through. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm grateful that we made it through unscathed. And I think it's great that you're doing something for, for young women that, um, that is for once positive and maybe cool at the same time. And you don't have to, you know, just because it's not, uh, you know, kids, you know, making crazy, dumb, weird choices doesn't mean it's not cool and yeah and smart. Yeah. Well, I guess we should put our clothes back on. Well, I guess. I don't and, know. I'm so comfortable. Uh, that girdle is great. so It's been very tight. sexy times. Yeah. Um, Carrie Kenny Silver, thank you so much. Thank you, Jan. And I might need help getting up off the floor if Matt, you could. Yeah, we've got assistance yeah. for that. Mother's I've got a whole now. crew of interns. Yeah, mother's hip went out. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.